Welcome to Getting Real Estate with Josh and Casey. I'm Josh Lenhart from Directors Mortgage. And I'm Casey Spore with John L. Scott. So we're going to just say, welcome back, everybody. Yes. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a special guest today. I heard, is it Joshua? Is that mm-hmm. how you call it? Joshua Goodsley yeah. with Lone Star Capital. Um, why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, maybe how you got into it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the director of investor relations at Lone Star Capital, and I also oversee marketing for the firm. Um, at Lone Star, we have 17 properties all in Texas and over 3,500 units. Um, so really we just buy existing properties in, um, in Texas and we make the operations better, do some value add plans sometimes depending on, on the deal, of course. And we also employ some affordable strategies. Um, so that's, that's really what we do. And then my role is just more focused on the investors and marketing. And the properties that you own, are they commercial or rental type properties? Um, do you see multifamily type? Properties? Yes, they're all multifamily. Okay, great. Uh, like apartments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just in terms of how did you get uh, involved in this to begin with? Like, how did you start in this industry? Where did you come from? Yeah, it's, um, I guess, a pretty unique story. Um, I started out, um, I majored in real estate development in college. And simultaneously, uh, when I first started college, my brother was um, dropping out of college and starting Lone Star Capital. So I really had no sort of, um, I guess, aspirations to work for the firm. It it was barely, barely even in existence when I started in college, but basically slowly over my time, as I was learning in school, um, I was learning more about the company and just kind of increasing my involvement um, slowly. And up, basically for my senior year, I only had two classes and I was full time pretty much working for the firm and just um, transitioned pretty smoothly after after college and have been working full time for the firm since. That's amazing. That's super awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you do marketing, which is where I think we'll kind of gear most of this podcast. What we do a lot with our podcast is we do try to educate people on the real estate world, but we're also, um, a platform for business, local businesses to really promote themselves and, uh, to support our community in that way. And then this year we kind of have planned to really focus on that portion and also, hopefully bring in some like nonprofits to promote them as well and kind of draw attention to that. Um, you know, and obviously a huge part of business is marketing. And then again, on that education side of real estate of kind of educating people, um, in marketing and social media marketing, which is obviously such a big deal and so important these days. And you reached out to us, which was huge. That was, that was amazing. So that must be at least a, a small piece of like the marketing is, is the outreach process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely have um, a lot of different projects within marketing that we do. Um, I'm not 
the the only person that that does podcasts on our team rob which is my brother um and principal of the firm he has just been on hundreds of podcasts so he definitely recommends it and it's a good way to network with new people in the industry and then also just spread the word um and then also our, our director of business development um also does podcasts like this too so it's part of part of our strategy for sure so along with maybe just podcasts in general, what do you say are like key strategies that you recommend for like leveraging social media platforms to like grow your business? What do you guys use specifically other than maybe going and, and joining these types of um, like podcasts? What else are you doing? We're doing a ton. So um, we've we've kind of worked up as far as the amount of platforms, but basically we're on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. Um, we put out our own podcast. We do two podcasts a week. So there's a ton going on with social media and there's, um, on our, on our end and there's very, it's really easy to get disorganized or, you know, to be overwhelmed because there's so many different things to do. Yes. And so I have, um, I, when I started with the firm, it I was just doing the marketing. I was in college and I was doing the video editing and I kind of, uh, I now have someone else doing that, but I really got to know the ins and outs of our social media marketing on the front end, which I thought was super helpful. Um, but basically I have a content planner where we keep, we schedule out even weeks in advance, every single thing that we're going to post, the caption. I have um, my assistant put put it in. I check it for approval. So having a very organized way to make sure that everything is prepared and done correctly very much helps. And then we also keep, for reference, a schedule. So we want to promote Rob's books a certain amount of times, once or twice, or once every week or once every two weeks um our invest with us form we have different ctas and we want to make sure that every single day we're hitting on one of those um and for any listeners that don't know what cta is that's a call to action so every piece of uh marketing that you do it you want the audience to do something so uh the call to action is basically what you want them to do after seeing your piece of content or interacting with it so um that i would say the content planner uh, I'm super into organization. So I would say that that's kind of my favorite thing. And um, most important thing, I think, when it comes to social media marketing, because you could be posting every day and consistently and like that can work. But I think planning it out and knowing exactly what you're hitting, you can be very intentional about it with organization. Well, and to touch on two quick things. One, um, like you said, creating a schedule, I think both of us have had we try to develop decent social media presences among our industry. Um, and the consistency, I think, is one of the most important pieces missing from almost everybody's social media creation content. But to touch on something you mentioned earlier, actually, even getting into the industry, um, it, I think, is perhaps extra challenging. Not many boys and girls in like middle school and high school and even college go into like, oh, I want to do banking, real estate investing, yeah. loans. <laughs> yeah. Like I wasn't 15 <laughs> being like, I want to be a loan officer. So creating on top of the schedule, which I guess helps with some of this, is just the creativity and, and the, the content itself to make it engaging for the types of... Now, I know we're not marketing to like kids and making it this big, exciting thing, but what strategies do you develop to make sure that you are creating engaging content for what I would classify as like, I love my job and Casey loves her job and you love what you do, but it is not as 
I'd say my socially of, thrilling. Yeah, I'd say my <laughs> portion of the industry is probably the most like glamorous or like yes. for social media in regard, like in a sense of I Big get to show houses and, and like mm-hmm. stuff like that versus like the investing side or the lending side where it's a little less glamorous. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say it's not the come on, Casey. But I get to look at pretty homes. Sometimes yeah. Not yeah. The, but yeah. How do you strategize that for, again, like being in an investing firm that isn't like as a poppy and eye catchy as like something else that may be a little easier to market and strategize. So how do you, what are your, um, what are your strategies around that? Yeah. So I think in order to get the widest range and the most leads, which obviously we're not just looking for the most leads, we're looking for quality leads and people that are good fit for our firm. And we're not, um, Oh, not to say that our company culture isn't very fun, but that's not necessarily the way that we market ourselves. We want to be very institutional and professional, um, but we still want to attract people, of course, and we have to be eye-catching and um, grab people's attention. And so there's different types of content. And so that's also something that we, is part of our strategy in like there's behind the scenes. So some people really want to kind of feel like they know you and then you want to know the firm. So like posting a team picture of like what we're doing or what's going on in our office. Like we just got a new office. So some people really kind of connect more with that and feeling like you're a real person. Some people really like the educational aspect, which I think we're very heavy on. Um, not to say in a bad way, but like, if anything, that that's really our, our bread and butter is posting educational content, like really getting into the nitty gritty of what we do and what we're seeing in the market. And then, um, then there's also kind of uh, same with behind the scenes a little bit, but people on LinkedIn, for some reason, love when you talk about a closing. So like we like, I don't know what it is, but like, whenever we post that we closed on a deal, like that always goes so much more viral than something else. Um, Another thing is like kind of an update, like we post property updates. And so we can really see and uh, or so investors and um, our social media audience can see the value that we're creating for our investors by showing like before and after pictures of what we're doing for the property or just talking about kind of actually what we're doing and not just um, more in an obscure way, like down at the property level. So we, we try to make sure that we incorporate all these different types to kind of satisfy and grab the attention of lots of different people. And that's what, so I self-admittedly hate LinkedIn. I (laughs) I have not dove into LinkedIn by any means. Um, Do you, I mean, obviously you said that like your closing posts are what go really viral. And I imagine you have a pretty strong presence on all of the platforms. What like for, I I do think that LinkedIn is probably important for businesses. And obviously like part of our target is uh, promoting local businesses. And this interview with you, I feel like is, is helpful maybe to those business owners who listen that maybe don't have a strong social media presence and this could be really helpful for them. So utilizing LinkedIn, I think Instagram is somewhat, you know, Instagram's kind of glamorous, TikTok's kind of fun, but LinkedIn in my brain is kind of the more like professional, professional, boring, so to speak platform. And so what tips would you have for like building I also just feel like I get so much um, like spammy inquiries, mm. which I think is what has put me so off on LinkedIn. I have 
thousands of direct messages on my LinkedIn that I have not looked at in probably over a year. So what would you say is like a, a, a good way to curate a LinkedIn profile for like a business owner? Or cut through some of that noise. Even. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of us um, fall victim to those spam spam messages. And I, I agree with you. Um, I used to really manage my brother Rob's um, LinkedIn account. And so it was something that I just kind of had to deal with going through the messages. But with my own, I don't necessarily do marketing for the firm on my own account. And I hate checking. I hate checking because it's like just a bunch of people email like messaging me. But um, now we have a new uh, assistant on the team. And so she is actually going through LinkedIn and checking the messages. And there's people who are interested in investing with us that are, you know, amongst all, all of the the noise. So honestly, I think a lot of it can be outsourced. So I would recommend that as far as managing your own profile. Um I have a social media virtual assistant as well uh, in the Philippines that is amazing. And so she is also helps manage our LinkedIn. So I would definitely recommend that um, just as a general concept. And then as far as the content, um, I guess it really depends. You know, if you have a more glamorous type of um, business, like you said that you do, I think maybe Instagram would be better for something like that. It, it really depends on where your audience is. And so we, for some reason, LinkedIn has really worked well for us, but I think also who we're looking to target is not, um, you know, your everyday person necessarily. Like we're looking for family offices and people who are in the industry as well. Yeah. That makes sense. What kinds of things are you seeing um, being like embedded in social media? There's just always new things that are coming out. AI being obviously kind of the biggest. Mm -hmm. Do you see any trends or things that are coming up or have you used specifically AI for any of these marketing and social media, whether it's content creation or ideas or programs that you specifically use if you uh, dove into any of that? Yeah, we're kind of constantly changing what we're using. Of course, this isn't necessarily AI, but like Canva is great for certain graphics and things like that. Um, since I love planning in advance and we have that content planner in Google Sheets, um, we also use Hootsuite, which you're able to actually schedule content well in advance. So that's a good way to be able to get ahead. And so it's not like you're doing social media every morning or, you know, it just makes it a lot more efficient that way. Um, so I, I recommend Hootsuite as a scheduler. And then we are also, we've been using two different platforms. We actually just switched today. Um, one is like video.ai, which um, uses AI to chop up clips. Um, so we put out podcasts and then we take clips of them as well and post those. Um, so that one has been working well, but um, apparently the AI for it's opus it's o-p-u-s dot a-i um it has i guess a different little bit different a-i technology and the clips that it produces are go a bit more viral um so we actually just made that switch today but with all the a-i coming out it's kind of hard to keep up with what's the latest and greatest but we're definitely enjoying using and trying new stuff um i personally use chat gbt all the time for my work, like drafting mass email blasts and things like that. Um, of course, I have to edit it a decent amount to make it actually sound like myself or like a human, but <laughs> it's definitely very helpful to kind of like get like a rough draft uh, for, for things. Yeah. 
yeah, chat GPT, again, it does like, I do utilize it as well. Uh, I think it's a super helpful tool, especially in an age where we do have to pump out content all the time. And when we're doing other things outside of just content and our brains are full, so full of stuff, selling real estate, you know, relationships with investors, doing regulations, like everything that we have to do when you have to come up with something for essentially every day to have a tool that can help spark that creative creativity. Like I'm a creative person, but some days I just, am like, I don't know what to caption this. I don't, you know, what sort of life, you know, for my job, like farming letters, you know, or different things like that. It is a great tool. Again, typically I'm heavily editing, but just to kind of like spark that creativity a little bit and give you a starting point. I do think it's a very useful tool for creation, like the, the thought process of what exactly to be posting. I use mine a lot for like calendar building where it's like, Oh, really? social media calendar for the next month to first time home buyers. And again, I'm not going to use all of them, but it like takes away the brain power of having to yes. think new topics and subjects all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I actually need to dive a little bit more into it. I usually use it for like a draft email or a draft note card for like a short little letter, but I have seen some videos um, recommending like certain prompts of how to get social media con- content ideas. So I would, um, yeah, be definitely interested in exploring that more. I think that there's a lot you can get done with that. It's like how Google, like when Google first came out, like Netscape Navigator and you, I don't know, I'm not sure how old you are, but like when I was in like middle school and high school. she's a lot younger than us. Well, (laughs) how old are you? you? I'm 24. Okay. She's a lot younger than us. I mean, you've been around the age of Google. When it first came out, like you had to, it wasn't just like now you can just throw a sentence into Google and it'll spit you out like the most accurate right. you're looking for. It was, you had to have very specific search prompts to get exactly dialed in like the results that mm-hmm. you back when, you know. <laughs> you just aged us. The, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but that's a lot of how chat GPT, how that stuff and um, like using prompts specifically to get the answers that you want. So something I use like semi pro tip is that it'll, it'll be like as a mortgage loan officer, create a 30, 30 day like content calendar geared towards first-time home buyers and then it just gives me like 30 days worth of social media content that I can look at and again I don't have to use all of them but even if you operate on a 20-day calendar you can take the 20 best items of like you know again as an investment person in this you know like working from a different state create you know a 30-day calendar of things that I can paste post on LinkedIn Facebook Instagram and it gives you again it just sort of gives you these ideas which then can help generate and make it a little easier to create content with do you ever use the the idea and then you actually make the AI or chat GBT flesh out the post? Yeah. So for me, per, like how I use it generally is I use it um, in two capacities of coming up with the content idea. It I will, I've been in the industry long enough to now know kind of like what I want to talk about if a subject is approached, you know, if it gives mm-hmm. me an idea I'm knowledgeable enough now, but the next layer is like, if something comes up where I'm like, I don't really know as much, I'll be like, write me a one minute script video, you know, as a real estate investor, as a person who works in these industries. So like I say, as a mortgage loan officer, write me a one minute, you know, um, social media script talking to first time home buyers about whatever the subject is. 
And then it'll just give me like this two yeah. script. And it, again, that's when you're doing some editing, but at least the brain power of like having to be creative with what the, and you can be like, all right, now do the same post, but make it more human, less robotic. Okay. Make it more casual sounding. And then, you know, it fines tunes it for you. And then, so then you have an idea of how then to create that social media post, whether you're talking or whatever. And then I create the video. And then the last thing I'll be like, now create a two paragraph social media post talking about, you know, like referencing these things, use three emojis and 10 SEO optimized hashtags. And it just fits it out for you. So yeah. it really can, like if you use AI effectively in any of our industries, it really can like kind of just walk you through getting the content, creating the content, and then having the post for the content in a pretty effective manner. You just have to be careful again with, I think how it's, the verbiage is used. You have to do right. There to make sure it's all compliant or whatever. Yeah, nothing worse than getting an email from someone and just knowing it's ChatGPT. Hundred percent. Yeah, that is the absolute worst. And so, for you, like maintaining, I guess, a social media presence. Um, so the consistency and the calendar creation. Would you say those are the two most valuable things, just in terms of maintaining a presence within your industry, or are you seeing other competitors or what are you doing in, in terms of other competitors that are standing out or things that you find are the most valuable to stand out amongst your competitors? Yeah. So these aren't necessarily lead magnets that I created, but as far as what has worked really well for us, of course, it's, it's adding value. So, um, there's only so much you can do on social media, with just kind of talking about what you're doing and, and stuff like that. Like you actually have to create some value for your audience and get them into your funnel. And so there's two, I guess there's more, but there's two major ways that we have gotten um, thousands of people into our funnel. So um, Rob created our underwriting model uh, from from scratch way back when he was starting the firm. And so then he decided shortly after to actually provide that for free. So it's still free on our website for download. So, you know, our investors can download it. I mean, they would have the underwriting to a specific deal anyways, but um, yeah, anyone can download it from our website and use it and see the formulas that we use. And um, that has really just really expanded our network and then also rob has published two books uh which have done very well and that is really targeted to who we're who we're wanting to target because we're generally speaking with our marketing we really want to target people who are sophisticated investors that um are experienced and and also potentially in the industry like more institutional types as well um we have a broad range of investors, but generally our marketing is more suited towards industry, um, industry professionals and uh, institutional equity. So those lead magnets have really, really just expanded our, our reach and grown our business a lot. And it's something that you have to, it's delayed gratification though. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> what do you find the biggest challenges are operating in New York and having most of your portfolio um, in Texas, how have you found any challenges with that juggle in terms of investors that are wanting you to have a more local presence or has that really mattered at all in our age of, you know, like online everything? Yeah, people definitely ask and I'm sure 
people are kind of confused, like, well, why, why are you in New York if all of your properties are in Texas? Um, but we have our own property management company in-house that works really closely with our asset management team that is in New York. And so also we, we all make regular trips to Texas and specifically our asset management team goes out there more often. So we really haven't found it very difficult, um, especially with our property management that is in-house that is based in Houston, which the majority of our properties are in. So it hasn't been too bad. Of course, there is the perception side of it that you were bringing up, like our investors wanting you to have a more local presence. Um, and I think it's it's good, of course, to show that we're there, we're at the property. So that's also another thing that we do on social media. We definitely always want to document whenever we are there, um, not like to overplay it, but basically show like, yes, we are here, even though we're in New York, but we're making, I mean, we're at the properties and stuff. So um, showing that aspect as well and sharing what's going on definitely helps as well. Wonderful. And so well, before wrapping up here, something I want to just what are you looking for in terms of investors and stuff? If you were to, I don't know, kind of put you on the spotlight a little bit in terms of like, if you were to, you know, reach out to folks or say like, this is really kind of the investors or the people that we're looking for. Does it matter their location? Are you looking for a certain portfolio size? Are you looking for certain dollar amounts of investing? Like who is your target people uh, that you would be um, interested in connecting with? Yeah. So like I mentioned, we have a really wide range of investors. So our minimum investment is 50,000, but we also work with more institutional um, equity that obviously writes us larger checks. But um, I would say, you know, anything within that range is fantastic. And we are really looking to make longer term relationships with our investors. So even if it's a smaller investor, it, it doesn't matter to us. We want to create lifelong investors that that trust us, that we can trust as well and people we enjoy working with. So I know that's pretty vague, but um, yeah, since we do have such a wide range of investor, we don't have as much of like a targeted um, sort of person that like, this is what we're looking for and that's it. But yeah, just overall, um, not all of our investors, even though, like I said, with our marketing, we do target people who generally already know about real estate and investing in real estate. We definitely are open to people who are starting out as well. So we're we're pretty open in that regard. And are the investors from all over? Does it is there any uh, restrictions or anything just to do to licensing or otherwise, or does it matter they can come from anywhere in the United States? Uh, we can take foreign investors as well. Um, they It just makes it a lot easier, especially from a tax perspective, for them to have an American LLC. But yeah, there's no restriction as far as location, uh, especially within the U.S., but the majority of our investors are in California, New York. Um, half the team is from California, so that's just kind of how it works out. Natural presence, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would make sense a lot for investing for a lot for there to be a large presence from California yeah definitely the population's high um lots of lots of wealth in California and um I think also generally speaking on the coast people are more on social media maybe that's part of it too yeah I would I would agree (laughs) wonderful well Dasha thank you so much for your time today we appreciate you coming on our podcast and sharing information just about, I mean, and I mean, I know it's always good to get those kinds of reaffirmations and, and valuable insight into especially like social media presences, particularly on ones that maybe you're not as familiar with or you're not as, again, it's like 
it being drier doesn't mean necessarily that it lacks value because there is, I see like opportunities on LinkedIn and all these other platforms. And, um, but yeah, it's wonderful to have you. And I so appreciate, we so appreciate you coming on our podcast and kind of sharing today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure and to everybody else, we will chat with you next time. See you next week. <laughs> okay, next month. Good. Bye. 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 Bye.